0: Food
2: that's good for the environment, good for the people who eat it, and good for the people who grow it. They pick it so it's beautiful when it comes to market, and you get to enjoy
1: that. Local businesses is the,
2: the first place that we can directly support somebody.
0: You've got to believe in what you do, and if you stick to that, then getting there anyway. G'day, welcome
2: to another Quicksand Food Podcast. I'm Stefan Postuma. Thank you for joining me today. I speak with Pete Padlin from Franks and Beans Cafe in East Coromel. Franks and Beans is a wonderful cafe, it's a suburban cafe, and I chat to Pete a little bit about the difference between being a suburban cafe and maybe being somewhere in the city with a bit of higher traffic. We talk a bit about eggs, we talk about their menu and what they do, and Pete was really generous and gave us a couple of fantastic recipes for the Illawarra cookbook. It's a great restaurant, I love talking to Pete, so I hope you enjoy this chat with Pete Padlin from Franks and Beans Cafe in East Coromel. To start with, always just start like do you want to just give me a little background of Franks and beans and you know why you decided to open open a place where you did
1: yeah well, you know when I moved down here about four years ago from um, Newtown, um, I think we we wanted to kind of uh, go to a place that we usually that remind us of what we used to eat in Newtown okay and the city area, and like uh, I think we found um, I know we struggled a little bit to kind of find our niche of where. Um, the food that we would like to eat all the
2: time because we we like to go out for
1: yeah like so, so like, how do
2: you describe what you were like what you wanted to eat like what you were used to in Newtown?
1: Well, we wanted to just have some different dishes to, apart from your normal like eggs Benedict and things like. that. I mean, yeah. I think everyone loves eggs Benedict, but we wanted just a little bit more uh, interesting dishes that mm. we could try and um, yeah. So like, I wanted to start getting back into the cafe scene as well mm-hmm. myself because I was working at Samuel's and. Um, you know, getting working nights and stuff was starting to um, get to me. So, like, when this place came up, we decided, to go, alright, we'll, we might as well start see if we can open up a cafe there." So, after a couple of months, we had the vision for this place and thought, oh, I'll give it a chance and give it a gamble." You know, so and yeah, yeah. Four
2: years later, we're here now. Yeah, yeah cool. Yeah. Um, did you see? Did you see the fact that like? You know, maybe a lot of Wollongong cafes had pretty similar menus, like... And, and, and some still do, you know, you, you can... If you, if you, you say, listed a 12-item 12, 12 menu, you've got your toast, you've got your eggs on toast, you've got a porridge, you got a fruit salad, you've got your eggs benedict, you've got your big brekkie, you've yeah. got your vego option or whatever. Like, you can basically think about it, you know, just off the top of your head. Did you see, like that as an opportunity to do something a bit different like the fact that you couldn't find something interesting that sort of stimulated you did you see that as an opportunity
1: yeah i did there's yeah. like a lot of places we went out um for breakfast is all very much similar similar things and um you know when we when i designed the menu for franks and meat to start off with um there was a couple of key dishes that i thought would just bring it out there yeah. just I like the fact that, like, um, if you put a dish out there and it's in, even if they don't like it, there's a talking point there. Yep. And then, like, um, then, you know, you get a couple of people that really enjoy that difference there. And I think since then we've been developing and developing. So our, our customers, the, we have such a great clientele there. And, like, after all these years, they're starting to know that, like, uh, we can come here and, you know, food's pretty out there and they'll they'll eat it now, yeah. you know. And as before, then, we used to have, like, half the menu was... Um, what people would know and the other half was like we just go crazy the stuff that it. you yeah. wanted to do yeah. and now um yeah so like now it's probably more like 80 percent of okay. the stuff we're doing and the stuff they do know they come in we just put a twist on there and they love it you know yeah like even our bacon egg rolls we have a that's probably that pays the bills in the place and people people go crazy over it, you know and it's just a simple you'd use a good quality bacon you know we use always use free-range eggs you know, milk buns with good source, good source of milk buns and and we make a bub relish there and, um, yeah, we use that at other cafes as well and people, they love that sauce, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So, the, 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 like,
2: development of going sort of 50-50, like you say, and then venturing more into doing more stuff, what you wanted to do, do you reckon that's, do you reckon you can sort of attribute that sort of success of that concept to either people who would sort of, dining with you and then becoming familiar with some of the different stuff that you do or in general the population being a bit more adventurous in what they'll order at a cafe do you reckon it's one or the other or both well
1: from when I was living in Newtown like you can see the food starting to like breakfast especially was um, like a lot of the big chefs were turning their um, food into more brunch style food and um, getting to cafes because it's just expensive to run a restaurant nowadays yeah. so um, they were going to this but Right, the, the food's outstanding now. Though. I think in Sydney the food scene is really, really good. Yeah. And then, um, you know, I always thought there was a market here. It's just Wollongong seems to not have the operators to be able to do that. I think maybe in the last two years people were starting to get out there and starting to know that, like, you know, there's uh, the markets there. The, the markets always been there. It's just the operators went here. You yeah. Know? And um, there was only a handful of people that would get away with it. You know. So I think, um, like nowadays, when we did that you know, you just proved that, like, people were willing to try. And, yep. like, cause we're in the East Coromel in the car park, too. Like, yeah. people coming out and they'll travel for it. You know? yeah. So, I think there's a lot of foodies in Wollongong. It's
2: just, they just love it, you know. Yeah. It's good, yeah. Do you um, Being where you are there at East Coromel, like, when you first started the business, were you tempted to try to go into the city and compete with other businesses in there? Or were you specifically looking for something more suburban and something a bit more like having a you know a, a neighborhood and a suburb around you
1: yeah well i always like the the feeling of like the community in the suburban areas yeah. you know like a new town is even though it's kind of in the in the city it's very there's a very close community like and you walk around the neighbors are really good everyone looks after each other and yeah and like you don't really get that too much in the city where um we want to cre- create that feel again here and then I was kind of lucky enough to know that, like, a lot of people in East Cornwall were very, very supportive of us. And there's a great community out there, especially mm. around this area, you know? And um, yeah, even, like, in Taraji and the uh, Ferry Meadow and stuff, like, they all travel from there to come to see us. And, yeah. they they're all really good people. Eh? And, like, we, we couldn't do it without them, you know? Yeah. Like, and they're willing to try new things, you know? And so that's kind of... We get our inspiration from them too, because, like, if they're not eating it, then we kind of have to tone things down, but they love it, you know? Yeah.
2: yeah. I guess the other the other good thing about <clears throat> being near the beach is that if you're doing something different like you are, you know, if, if, if you have a generic menu, people that live in the city will go, well, we can just get that anywhere, so we'll go to our our local or whatever yeah. it is. But if you're doing something a bit different and interesting, they can just, you know, go to the beach, go for a swim and then yeah. have, have, have brunch. So it's like... You know, and and I mean travelling from Wollongong to T this area is it's five minutes anyway. Like it's not it's not that much of a mission, so it makes it pretty cool. What um what would you say the split is then between your regulars that live locally and like newcomers, people, you know, might have heard about your place and, and that sort of thing, like I, I assume you got a really good base of regulars and stuff there. Right?
1: Yeah, we got a lot of regulars in there and uh, I, I know a lot of the regulars don't like to come on the weekends because they know we're pretty busy yeah. and, <laughs> and I think they, because, you know, they spend a bit of time there and they like to call their place that yeah. place like their own, but um, yeah, so I reckon during the week say, uh, I reckon probably 90% of them are really? regular customers there, yeah. yeah, and on the weekends we get a a lot of people that probably work in Sydney but live around the area that don't get there during the week mm-hmm. or they work out of out of uh, Wollongong and uh, we get those guys and they're, they're the same faces but then we also get like people we had people coming from Shore Harbour the other day and mm-hmm. um, we spoke to them and then um, I know there's people from Albion Park uh, come down and there's even people that come down um, from um because they know there's the dog park, the dog beach mm-hmm. near us. So, like, they'll come down and they'll stop with us and they'll take their dogs for a oh, yeah. walk and then they'll come back for a coffee on the way back. So, there's, like, a lot of interest in the area too and
2: they know we're there for them as well, you know. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Um, talking about, then, doing stuff a bit differently when it comes to breakfast, not having, you know, your generic things on the menu and being able to do stuff differently. Like, I guess the, the three dishes that we shot for the book are pretty good expressions of that. So, like, we'll talk about each of the dishes. The one that stood out to me, because I'd I'd never really seen it before, is the crispy eggs dish. Do you want to just tell us a bit about that dish?
1: Yeah, look, I used to work for Jacques Ramon's in Melbourne, and um, we used to do do a lot of degustation. And um, when I was working with him, we started um, doing a bit of, like, Asian fusion, and that's when the fashion of Asian fusion started coming out, and then a lot of this degustation menu was there. So, like, we started... uh, pre poaching our eggs and making tempura batter and um, then frying them and we serve them with the same mushrooms we're doing now. So like we did those eggs in probably ninety eight or ninety nine. Yeah. You know? And so like um yeah we we recreated our dish about a year ago but with crumbed eggs and um they took off um uh, the place of people people loved it, you know, and but like I thought you know, It's been on the menu for a while, so I just kind of uh, adapted that um, dish again and just used that same tempura batter we used to use then and with the same mushrooms and just you know, adjusted a few more things just to kind of keep it fresh and keep it a little bit different, you know, because I yeah. think, you know, you always start, like, people travel to to try these eggs, but then, you know, they'll start to go, all right, maybe I've had too much of it now, you know, and you're just trying to change it
2: up, you know. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. It's good to keep, like... You know, deliver something different to, you, to your uh, regulars But at the same time, keep yes. yourself interested as well And just keep on developing But uh, yeah, I reckon it's really cool Like, you know, a lot of the time eggs are eggs are eggs And they're good, they're great, you know Who doesn't love eggs on toast or whatever But um, doing something different is really cool And then, so also, another one was the the lamb Like, so you make like a spiced lamb mince And yeah. then put that with fried eggs as well Yeah Yeah, you can tell us about that one
1: well, like, um, when I did the last menu change, uh, I, I had this idea of just going for a brunch um, because we had, like, a breakfast and lunch menu, and now I only went for a brunch menu. And, um, but then we wanted to create some, uh, like, a board for just specials so we could change it all the time, okay. so just give, like, a bit more fresh stuff on the menu all the time. And now we got, like, a couple of chefs on board, and uh, they're really creative, so, like, uh, that's an outlet for them to start creating their own cool. dishes as well, to just put their spin on the menu. And, you know so we want to get the younger guys um started to develop food and uh their own ideas and they how they express their style as well so you know so when we designed the brunch items you know so we had like a majority of people who want eggs on there but we wanted to put that twist on it but um and we wanted it to be pretty different so um yeah i remember having a lamb dish at uh it was this uh turkish chef i used to work with and um he had uh he made some minced lamb with some uh, chili yogurt and some poached eggs, and but he baked it all in a pan, and I got a little bit of inspiration of that. And we used to eat it almost every second day. The, the dish was delicious, and this is what um, this Turkish family used, used to eat just as their breakfast food. Mm. You know, and I thought, oh man, that's great, you know. And it's kind of been in blocked away in my mind for about ten years now. Until we, you know, just thought, oh, mate, maybe we can try something like that. I actually didn't think. I think that was one of our dishes that I was thinking that oh, this is that dish that maybe people will love or hate, you mm-hmm. know, because it's got pickles and stuff on it still. But then uh, it's probably been our most popular dish now, yep. you know. And, um, yeah, it's kind of, it's turned
2: turned good, yeah. It's good, Um, like, I mean, Wollongong has a lot of sort of Mediterranean culture as well, like people who love those sorts of flavours, those sorts of spices and lamb and that sort of thing. So, like, I, like for me as well, you know, coming to a place like that and seeing those sorts of flavours as an option for a, uh, for a breakfast brunchy sort of dish is really cool and interesting yeah. I like it um, and then the last one was the uh, baked ricotta and some roast veggies and yeah. what else you got there pine nut cream was it
1: yeah we make it pine nut cream it's like a, we um, roast some pine nuts and mince it up and mix a bit of yogurt and honey and some seasoning and, um yeah we want to like, there's a couple more vegetarian dishes on our menu now, like um we usually only have like one or two, but I think there's four on there now, mm-hmm. and um yeah, like we're trying to venture into like a lot more of the healthier options of food mm. and um I think we didn't really like kind of put too many of those dishes on for the start, you know, but like a lot of our customers have uh, seem to be attracted to us because we have these different options for vegetarians now, so we do. You know, a lot of that stuff. Now we're trying to put more on it. Yeah, well, the crispy
2: um, eggs are the vegetarian as well. Huh? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It's 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 important. It's important to be considered. It's a bit like I mean, dietary requirements are at an all time high. But. Yeah. Um, Giving vegetarians something interesting that's as interesting as the protein, the meat, the meat dishes on the on the menu is pretty important. Yeah. Like you, you see it at lev- all levels of dining, where sort of sometimes vegetarians can get a bit neglected because more the chefs probably more interested in cooking with meat yeah. and, uh, and and that sort of thing. So it's good to see it's good to see that sort of thing on menus. Yeah, well, I think like if the vegetarian dishes are a bit more interesting, more people eat them, you know. Yeah.
1: And if they're more substantial as well, so like. Uh, I think all our vegetarian dishes, uh, like, you walk away full. Like, I know as a big meat eater, you probably look at that, and go, oh, I won't be full from that. And, like, most of the time that's the case, you know. But, you know, they're substantial meals, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's good. And then, like, uh, I noticed there's a lot of families coming out. We, like, we have a green breakfast on our menu. It's just uh, broccolini and green beans and scrambled eggs and peas and stuff. And, like, families are bringing their kids in to eat that as well. And they've got little four or five-year-old kids eating those for breakfast, you know. So, yeah, it's... um. I think it's the way of moving forward, you know. Yeah. People are starting to steer away from all that um, unhealthy food now. You yeah, know?
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. It's you, you see it a lot more in cafes now. Eh? Yeah. You see a lot of health focused cafes and stuff, and people are looking for it. That's a good thing. Yeah. Um, you mentioned before about some of the other chefs that you work with and how how you sort of give them a bit of a creative license over you know the specials board or being able to like bring their own thing to it like do you want to just talk a bit more about like how you try to work with your chefs and like how, impo- how important is it for a, for a business owner and a chef like yourself how important is it to be able to work with the people around you and give them some sort of creative license and stuff rather than just you being the one that sets the rules that sets the menu and you just do how, how you do like how how do they respond to that sort of you know, well and stuff. most of them are pretty good
1: like we have I think because of the food we have there now it's been easier for us to give these guys um a lot more freedom to do what they want to do you know like if their clientele wouldn't eat that style of food then we probably it probably wouldn't happen but like there are a few boundaries we still have you know um but they can be broken if like if, if there's a market for it there you know but um um they 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 usually been pretty good about like um Understanding the boundaries, and then when they're starting to create a few dishes now, they already know like, hey, like you know, most of the time when they put out to taste, they go, mate, that's fantastic, you know. Yeah. And like you know, there's, it's it's their time now, you know. Like I'm getting a bit older now, so it's kind of like, my time to kind of let these guys have a bit of their chance to shine, you know. Sure. Yeah, and mate, they're all really good. They they love it.
2: You yeah. Know? Yeah. Do you, do you find that they are more enthusiastic about coming to work and? And 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 that sort of thing when you give them the freedom to to be creative and stuff in the kitchen. Yeah, I think so.
1: Yeah, yeah. like um, they don't want to. As long as they're all, we're all on the same page, you know. And you know, we all have to answer their customers as well. So like, they all know like if we can't sell it, then we probably won't get um, be put on the menu. But um, you know, we have one guy there at the moment. He's relatively new, but a couple of dishes he's been putting out have been been looking great, and I think he's. Um, Understood our market there, mm. you know, where like sometimes it takes time to kind of you know, we know a lot of our customers by name and kind of know what they're like. So, you know, after a while you start to get to know them. You kind of understand like, as a general, what they're gonna, what they're like and what they're gonna like, you mm. know. And um, yeah, and they they all come up and say, "Great breakfast," you know, and you know, everyone
2: gets a. They're all appreciated for their hard work as well. Yeah, so yeah, it's really rewarding, like for a young chef to create something and then get a good response from the customers as well—not just Mm. the chef saying that's a great dish, but also it getting bought. Like seeing those dockets come out with your dish on it and and people liking it a lot. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. Um, we talked before. One thing that you do that I none of the restaurants that I worked at did was you pre-poach all your eggs before before service because you want to get them perfect yeah and it's it's a challenge for lots of kitchens to get it right and the most important thing for good poached eggs is freshness yeah so yeah do you want to just tell us about why you do that and how important it is to to get it right because that's that's the sort of attention to detail that a lot of places won't won't bother with because it's just more work yeah Yeah.
1: well we we we, if we can get deliveries every day for our fresh eggs, then like uh, we'd do them every day, yeah. you know. But um, we can't, you know, and I think maybe because the location we are and things like that. So like we try to get them at their freshest and serve it uh, as soon as we can to to the customer, you know. And then like um, you know, in, for like for me anyway, I find it it is. A bit time consuming but the end product is easier to get done that time yeah. rather than having a, you know you've got three day old eggs and then you're trying to poach them yeah. you know they don't, you're not doing justice for the egg as well you know yeah. like it's they just kind of start to lose it's okay in fried eggs and stuff but scrambled eggs just, uh, like poached eggs you really start to notice them yeah. 100% but yeah. also like but,
2: I mean you even say three day old eggs there's a lot of places that would be using three day old eggs all the time yeah like Not there's just, nothing wrong with them yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's it's super attention to detail to say we're going to be either poach them on the day we get them or the day after we get them three day old we're just going to use them for frying and scrambling yeah you know? yeah because it's, it's a bit <laughs> challenging you know and then like we've always been renowned for our great
1: eggs you know and then um, we don't want to let them down now we, we've started something here we don't want to let them down but um, and then we've had like chefs that come on board and they was like they, they spun out that we actually do that you know but then like I think they start to notice that like well, they haven't had any complaints about their
2: eggs at all you yeah, know exactly you know and it's been always consistent you know yeah. Mm. yeah does it make it easier for service as well like having them all there and like you're basically just reheating yeah. them are you yeah. yeah just bring them up to temperature and send them out yeah yeah yeah. yeah, it's a good way to do it. Um, let's talk more about <coughs> eggs. So, I mean, people—some people—are still unfamiliar with poaching eggs at home, and for some of these recipes, they're going to have to. What, like, do you want to just give us a few tips? So, like, for me, the number one—the number one tip for poaching eggs is freshness. Yep, get them fresh. Any other tips?
1: Well, for me, I like to have like a—not a, a—not too. If it's just home. Um, I w- you need, like, a, at least a like a deep saucepan, mm-hmm. you know, and then, like, fill it up to maybe three quarters of our water, bring it to the boil, and when it comes to the boil, just put your white vinegar in there until the stops boiling. Mm-hmm. And that's how I measure my um, enough okay. vinegar to my oh, water right. ratio. Oh, right, okay. Yeah. yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, then I bring it back up to the boil, then put it on the simmer, and I always put the, crack the eggs into like a coffee cup or something yep you know just so you know if it's like uh, something wrong or the eggshells are there you can pick them straight out yep and then when I put them into my water I put a little bit I'll make sure there's a little bit of water comes into the uh, cup first oh uh, okay and I hang it for like half a second then I pu- put it in there and then it should give you that shape to start off with, yeah,
2: you know, and then just let but it. But you don't you do know. a whirlpool in the uh, water, no. yeah, you can leave it still. I think a lot yeah. of people, you know, get told to do whirlpools in the water, yeah, though. I know, yeah, but I've never, I don't
1: do that, yeah, you don't have to. I think
2: that's a good tip to let some water come into the cup, though. Yeah, that's a little bit of trick, that's the key, yeah. yeah, and it always works with the fresh eggs, you know? yeah, 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 cool. Um, other other, other ways of doing eggs, like, I mean, you've you, you've talked about. Crumbing poached eggs, and you've talked about tempura battering poached eggs. There's like, you, you you've got omelets and stuff that you do, like you do them in all sorts of different. Oh yeah, we used through. to. Oh, well, we've
1: got the omelet on the menu in a, at the moment that we're selling the roll, and it's uh, smoked salmon with uh, mixed mushrooms. And um, yeah, we used to do just a beautiful gruyere omelet. You know, it was just um, it's just nice, uh, like folded eggs with some mm. gruyere, and we used to make a tomato duca to put on top. And it was just a really simple dish, and that was a classic French omelette mm. in the old days, you know. And we just put our take on it with the tomato duca, and it's like it's just an easy eating breakfast, yeah. you know.
2: Yeah. Um, omelettes are <coughs> interesting because they like they kind of feel now a bit old school. You don't see omelettes on menus at cafes so much, yeah. but a well done omelette is outstanding. Is, it's so yeah. good, isn't it? What's a, what's a trick for an omelette then to make a good omelette?
1: Well, say I, I like to make sure my oil's hot, and yeah. I put it in there and. And then it's about just looking at it and folding it through. You mm. know, no spinning it around, no flipping it, no
2: yeah, just watching it. Folding Watch- the eggs sort yeah. of and making sure everything cooks evenly and not overcooking them as yeah. well. Yeah,
1: so when you think it's just about to be- get cooked, just take it off the heat. You
2: yeah. Let it cook. Don't leave it in the pan yeah. all the way, let it finish on the plate, eh? Yeah. Yeah. Um, where do you get your eggs? Albion Park. Yeah? Yeah. What? Albion Park poultry. Um, they have... Uh, but down next to the road, You like if you go down the coast, you see them on the side yeah, of the road. Yeah, I think is that they've the
1: got... Um, t- um, last year or the year before, they bought out another uh, farm. And so I think they've got three farms altogether. I think um, two of them have picked and this one here. So they're expanding. Um, and we find their eggs are uh, pretty consistent. We always know the difference too. Is like um, when we get our batch of eggs that are not poaching well, we always question them uh, and they always say it could be the weather. And we always know if there's been a lot of rain or it's... Too much heat, or as they change the weather, or they've been feeding them different stuff? We always start to notice, and we always question it. Yeah, I'm paying an ass ask for them, but like that's alright. Yeah, then we we always know that we're onto them, and I think they just kind of know that these are the good eggs that we have to send to us. Yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> that's good. Yeah, you create. They've got like the little the little Peter shelf in the in the yeah. in the storeroom for the primo <laughs> eggs. Yeah. Um, it's it's so interesting to think that. Like, you guys must deal with so many eggs that you, you will notice the difference between if it's been raining or, or whatever the yeah, weather's we'll do, been yeah. like. You can notice the difference in the eggs that you get sent from Albion Park. That's good, though, and it's good that there's a local, you know, a local supplier that can provide you <coughs> quality and consistency because, mm. I don't know, like, it depends on what sort of region you're in, but, yeah, a lot of the time, local eggs, you generally, like, it's hard to get good volume and, and and consistent you yeah. know freshness because like as you said you you want ideally you want your eggs to come in every day you yeah. might get them in every two days but um that's that's handy it's good yeah yeah enjoy um anything else about eggs like i mean i feel like eggs are a bit of an under, underappreciated ingredient when people think about them they just think about uh poached eggs or fried eggs or scrambled eggs but there's so much versatility in them and not like I mean we're not even going to start talking about pastry and how important they are for making desserts and mm. custards and all that sort of thing but yeah they're a bit underappreciated so I don't know you want to talk a bit about how versatile they
1: are and what you can do well with- I think most cultures they eat eggs for breakfast like in the Philippines we eat rice um, with some scrambled eggs for breakfast or fried eggs with some fried fish you know like it's always going to be a part of everyone's life you know I think it's it's very versatile um ingredient to use for most dishes you mm. know and like even you know having a nice nasi goreng with a fried egg on top oh, yeah. you know it makes a difference that's that's the key to you the can't dish. you can't have it without that yeah it. that's right it's like uh, even nowadays like if i make even just normal fried rice i gotta put a fried egg on top now it's just because i just like the cream eggs 100 oh, even and if
2: it, you even if you buy a uh a packet migoring yeah throw throw an egg through that yeah and
1: then, like even my kids are starting to eat like when we go to like a Vietnamese restaurant, you have the fried pork with the tomato rice, and it's got like your shredded pork, and it's got a fried egg on top. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's it's become something is you can eat breakfast like oh yeah. yeah,
2: so good. It's so good. For, those are those Vietnamese pancakes. Yeah, with the with the herbs and pork and stuff yeah, inside. Them, yeah. oh, I absolutely love that sort of thing. Yeah. Mm. Happy days, eggs are good. Um, anything else you want to talk about? Like you've got. Papa Vicks here at the Cornwall Leagues Club as yep. well and what's it called? Kiss and Drop. Kiss and Drop, yep. yeah, down in Fig Tree. Yeah. Yeah. So any, like, you said you were going to maybe change change things up a little bit here at Papa Vicks? Yeah, we're, we're kind of um,
1: trying to change our direction here as well. Like, we're going to slowly, um, we're trying to change the style of food that we're going to do depending on the crowd and I think uh, we want to move towards, like, a more of an Asian sort of style of food um, here but more of a casual sort of dining yeah. um like uh, i actually think um a lot more places are moving towards like the casual dining rather than the high-end dining now because it's just easier to yeah. to eat that style of food and i think it's easier for the chefs and it's cheaper for them to produce cheaper food for people yeah. now to eat you know and um yeah i think we've got a good beer garden here that we can uh, start to provide that thing but like uh, that still works in progress um, yeah Kiss and Drop's uh, one of our latest ventures as well um, that's just a small version of um, like a more of a, like espresso bar mm-hmm. sort of uh, sandwiches and cakes and and uh, just good coffee it's just a good sort of neighbourhood hangout mm-hmm. place you know and um, yeah we're trying to provide that for like a uh, because down near Fig Tree so we want to provide that because it doesn't really have that kind
2: of um, yeah. uh, place down there
1: so yeah cool
2: yeah um I guess final thoughts, sure. like, you know, you've been you've been here for four years with the cafe and as you've, as you, as you've said, um, over the last probably two years, there's been a bit of a development in food culture in Wollongong and the Illawarra in general. Do you mm. want to just talk about what you've seen over that time?
1: Yeah, like, uh, I think there's a lot more places popping up. Um, there's a lot more bars, some interesting bars, like yep. the Throsby, they're doing really good things over there. I think, like, um, bringing that kind of culture down here has been been great you know it's not just about like beer and stuff you know like uh, they're bringing new things but like you know when you talk about beer too like there's a lot of good smaller breweries around in Mm -hmm. Wollongong as well like um and then like people have been venturing out to to do new things here you know and I think there has been in the last two years there's been a lot of new operators coming up here or the it's just the younger guys getting out there now and just trying to do some interesting stuff and I think you know, give it another year. I think Wollongong will be flooded with nice places to mm. eat. You know, yeah. I'm hoping that's the case. You yeah, because we need it down here. That's yeah. it.
2: And it's and it's it's good to to see an operator talking like that because, um, you know. Once you've been in it for a little while, you realize that what's good for the industry is good for you. It's yeah. not necessarily the fact that there's going to be more high quality establishments around means that there's competition and mm. it's going to be worse for you. It just means that everyone benefits in a sense.
1: Yeah, that's right. Like, um, you go to a place like Needing Ruby's, I um, was there on the Tuesday night or Chockers. Yeah. You know, and it's like they got a good product there, and it's like they got a good overall package there. You know, the service is good. The food's good, you know, and sound like, you go to Sandy's as well, eat at Sandy's, they're doing great food for the price point as well. That's pretty good value, oh, I yeah. think, yeah. yeah. And I think, like, um, yeah, it's that's the way moving forward. And if people uh, start to embrace that more, you know, there'll be a lot more of that stuff coming out, I think, yeah. yeah. Cool, mm. love it. All
2: right, mate, leave it there.
1: Thanks for talking to me. All right, thank you.
2: Thank you for listening to my chat with Pete Padlin from Franks and Beans in Coromel. If you want to find out more about what they do, you can find them online at franksnbeans.com.au or you can check them out on social media. You can check us out on social media too, we're at Quicksand Food on Facebook and on Instagram, or you can find our website quicksandfood.com. Get out there and get the book. The Illawarra Cookbook is independently published and it's available at our website and also through all good book retailers in the Illawarra. Thanks for tuning in to this episode and
0: we'll catch you again next time. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter.